You're listening to the Mumdrum Podcast, motherhood to a different beat. Hi, and welcome to the Mumdrum. I'm Amy Fellman. And I'm Dr. Nicole Hyatt. Today on the show, we're chatting to Nia, mum of Harriet 12 and Gus 10, about her long journey with postnatal depression. Looking back, Nia realises she went to great lengths to hide her experiences from others, a reflection of the pressure mums put on themselves to be perfect, and the stigma still associated with mental health problems in motherhood. We live in a country with the best healthcare system in the world, and despite the many flags and warning signs, Nia's difficulties were missed. I first met Nia in the supermarket when we were both new mums. It wasn't until years later she confided in me about her struggles. To understand why so many mums don't reach out for support, she's joining us today. Nia, it's so great to have you here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Nia, so you experienced postnatal depression uh, with your first child, but it was never really identified until you had your second child and he was actually four months old. Mm. How did that go missed for so long? Uh, Look, I guess um, I'd never had much contact with babies Mm -hmm. and children, so I really didn't know what to expect. And then when the craziness started, I just thought, this is baby life. This is how it should be. This is how it is. Um, And just got on with it, I suppose. I come from a a farming background where you don't Mm. mow, you don't complain. You just get on with it. Um, I had no idea that um, what I was experiencing wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Harriet, uh, my daughter, she... You know, it was a Caesar birth, which was a bit of a shock, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, she was a breech baby. She had, um, you know, a f- few complications. And I just thought, well, we just accept each thing, go along with it, get it over with and move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realise there'd be so many next things to move on to, but also I didn't, um, yeah, it was, it was just a roller coaster. So what were those days like um, when you had Harriet, so your first child? Mm. What was it like living through day by day like that? Oh look, so it was, it was a while ago, um, but I still remember feeling incredibly um, tired, but physically tired, but also mm-hmm. tired of the situation mm-hmm. um, and mm. thinking it was never going to get to be any different or get better. Um, so I guess just trying to get myself up in the morning, trying to get myself moving, um, hoping there was no invitations to go out or because I normally would put them off or, you know, make excuses um, mm. and trying to stop Harriet crying. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, it, it went on for a very long time. She was a very unsettled child mm-hmm. with um, a few things that were going on for her. So it was hard to, to have a normal day. Mm-hmm. Each day was different, but I knew it was going to be revolting whatever day, whatever mm-hmm. day it was. Can you paint a bit of a picture for us? Okay. About, um, you know. So, um, so uh, lots of crying, okay. lots of unsettledness during the first maybe, um, definitely first eight months. She had a dislocated hip, so she had a leg brace on. Um, I lost my mm. milk, so she was on oh. formula. She was lactose intolerant. We found that out afterwards. And also she had silent reflux. So she had a lot going on. Mm. Um, and I think um, a very unsettled baby anyway. Mm. Um, was there lots of crying? Lots of crying, yeah. lots of screaming. Um, she'd cry herself to sleep and then she'd wake again within 20 minutes or so. So it was very unsettled. There were mm. no sort of uh, times when she was asleep for three hours or five hours. There was no long spaces. So lots of time in, uh, pushing her in the pram. Um, it was winter, so I remember putting on lots of jackets and making sure she was warm and dry right. and just pounding the streets. Um, so yeah, it, it seemed to be like that for, for years, to be honest, and it probably was. Um, 
there wasn't mm. much sunshine. It was mm. all very, um, it was very grim. Yeah. It was very yeah. grim. And when you say grim, like from a kind of mood state and from a mind state, mood, what was it just, like? Just, yeah. uh, just holding on by my mm. fingertips, just trying to get through the day. Um, there was no relief because when she was asleep, I knew she'd be awake very soon. Um, yeah, it was really tough. Mm. Mm. Really tough. Mm. And you didn't, you, you didn't reach out. You, you... I guess um, it's all about being in control okay. and having a normal child and a normal um, relationship with your baby and with your family. Yeah. And I think um, I was probably ashamed that I couldn't cope. Mm-hmm. And um wanted to be seen as a good mother mm-hmm. and just to you know yeah. fit in with everyone else mm-hmm. and I clearly didn't mm-hmm. so um yeah so when I did when I was actually screened by my maternal health nurse I thought I was having a good day that day so I fibbed on the um mm-hmm. on the on form the scale, yeah. and um yes and sort of that went and then you know you'd see them once a year and there was no um it was a case of having to jolly myself up to get to the appointment mm-hmm. and then at the appointments half an hour everything's mm-hmm. fine yes everything and everything was fine in comparison to what I'd been through maybe two or three days before okay. you know the one day or two days mm-hmm. or three days a month mm-hmm. was enough yeah. for me to mm-hmm. think that people say it will pass mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes um, you want to believe that so I much I so desperately wanted to believe that and to yeah. be normal um and when uh, filling out the, the form with the maternal and child health nurse, yes. uh, were you worried about what was the reason why you felt like you had to not be totally honest? What were you concerned about if you oh, did if That's you a did really say, good question, actually. What would have happened? Um, I guess I was clinging on so... I was so fragile, I thought maybe the Band-Aid would be well and truly ripped off mm-hmm. and then I would have to be completely open mm-hmm. about how bad it was and how... Um, I wasn't coping mm-hmm. and how um yeah life was it was really awful I'd never felt that bad mm-hmm. that sad that hopeless um and I guess it's you know you're at your lowest and mm-hmm. you kind of have to be at your strongest to actually put your hand up and say I'm in a really bad place can mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. get some help yeah. Yeah. At the same time, you shouldn't have to be at your strongest to ask, should you? Like no, that's, exactly, that's, exactly. That's, that's it's it's really, I mean, sort of looking back now yeah. in hindsight, I can, I could see, um, you know, if I had put my hand up, I have friends who are psychologists, I could have had help that way. But for some reason, I was just sort of in this bubble with my baby um, and my husband, of course, but he was on the outside. It was just me and mm. my daughter. And it was a case of, well, I have to make the best of it. I have to get on with it, get through the day, make sure she's okay. And, um, you know, tomorrow will be another day. And I think um, another thing that happens is you have this image in your mind before you have children. And even in that space where you think, this is what motherhood was supposed to be like. This is what I'm striving for motherhood to be like. And you're trying to live up to that. And you're trying to believe that this is just a bad patch. I'm going to achieve that motherhood. Yes, the bad patch. Yes. And the bad patch went on and, and on. on. And on and on. But you still strived in hope that 
it was just another bad day or mm. it was going to pass. Mm. But as a result of that, maybe that's what stopped you getting help and you didn't realise until you had Gus. That's right, my second and you baby. you finally had what would be otherwise now described as a normal experience. Mm -hmm. But that made you realise how bad things actually were. Well, so uh, you know, he arrived and um, he slept a lot, which worried me initially mm -hmm. okay. because I thought, there's something wrong with him. Mm -hmm. Why is he sleeping so much? All he was doing was eating and then he would just lie on his back and turn his head and he'd fall asleep. Like babies are meant to do. Well, who knows? Well, me too, but, you know. <laughs> um, so he was one of those babies. He was a large baby. I also had a very different birth with him. I had a natural birth with him, okay. um, which was amazing. Um, and it, it, it just, this seemed to be the story that everyone was telling me. Mm -hmm. This is what motherhood was mm -hmm. for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I had it. And uh, Gus was, you know, was an amazing sleeper. He was a great eater. It was fabulous. Mm. And yet I still couldn't stop crying. Mm. It was very strange. Mm. That was. That's a, so what? that's what made you realise. That's that... what made me realise. It mm. wasn't, uh, well, I mean, I think extreme tiredness and um, exhaustion, obviously, for four years. And then having my second baby, that's when I realised he's sleeping. He's doing all the things he should do. My daughter's running around as toddlers do. And, I, and, and that's actually what made me seek help, was a yeah. friend of mine, I was talking to him on the phone, and he said, I, I think you need to stop crying now, Nia. You've been crying for a long time. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so that's when I thought, maybe he's right. Mm -hmm. Wow, mm -hmm. wow. And what was, um, tell us a little bit about that experience. So that experience is interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so to seek help for the first time. I did. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to see a new GP. A girlfriend had recommended him. She was, um, she used him for her mental health plan and he's mm -hmm. very open. Uh, so I had a lovely chat with him and he said, look, I do think you need to see um, a psychologist mm -hmm. to, you know, to get the ball rolling, see how you're feeling. Sure, I can do that. So I jumped in the car with my newborn baby and my toddler went to see this lady who was, um, she was very interesting. She, uh, so I had a quick chat with her um, and she, she basically said I needed to get myself a part-time job and um, you know, find a bit more about myself and what I wanted to do in life and then I would be fine. Mm -hmm. And? And well, getting out of the house was, with two children was enough to make me realise that you know, even that itself was a, ridiculously hard so mm -hmm. the, having to get up and put on a work face and go to work was completely unachievable and she I found she was such, such a waste of time mm -hmm. she wow. gave me nothing and I was very disappointed mm -hmm. in that um and it takes so much energy to get so much energy time, and, and she completely missed me she mm -hmm. she even said at the end of the session shall we book another four or five sessions and I said what's the point mm -hmm. I said you really don't understand what I'm trying to tell you um but yes, it was it was quite a bizarre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did that put you off reaching out to somebody else? Afterwards? Look, I guess by that time, I just wanted it to be fixed. Yes, I was. You'd had I was enough. So sick of myself, mm -hmm. um, and also, um, you know, churning out the same. You know, I had a Caesar birth, and you know, Telling it gets story. really boring after a while because that's all my life was. Mm -hmm. And I kind of maybe at that time have after have, with Gus being born and being a good sleeper, I was ready for maybe. A different, a different experience of motherhood, yeah. and I was getting it, mm -hmm. and I wanted to sort of move on a bit and embrace that. This well, time. I didn't know you yeah, could embrace it. it. Time, you know, yeah. I was so, so on my knees. You yeah. know, what did you need when you went into that, into that room? Um, I guess someone saying that what I was experiencing 
haven't been normal. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> some support yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, yes, and just, yeah, some support. Understanding empathy and support. And did you get that? And did you go and see someone else? Did you find? I didn't go see someone else. I um, went back to my GP and had a chat with him. He mm -hmm. was lovely and um, he suggested some medication. Mm -hmm. And I think within, uh, within probably six days, I could feel this real lightening of mm -hmm. my load. Um, and I could feel myself becoming brighter. It was yeah. very, very weird physical um, feeling mm. um, and then I guess with the medication came me more able to talk about my feelings mm -hmm. with my girlfriends and with other people and I guess you know that kind of helped even more. Mm -hmm. And you guys were friends yeah of course yes yeah you you didn't know the extent of what was what was going on so no no know, one did yeah Hide. You, I don't know. How I just do. Press it? Like, how, it's, it's you must. Have and a, I suppose looking back, we would see each other at the supermarket or whatever. That's right. But we didn't uh, see each other often. But mm. I can see now that because Nia was so isolated and yeah. she isolated herself. Yes. Because it was so hard for her. Yeah. Okay. And, and my family are all overseas. Okay. Um, I was an older mum, yeah. um, so my actual immediate family of girlfriends didn't have children at the same time, um, at the mm. same time they've mm. moved on or I have single girlfriends um, mm. so it was yeah very isolating a new relationship with my now husband um, you know that was very new that was only a year old when mm. we had Harriet so okay. it was very um, it was very lonely yeah. mm -hmm. very lonely and I had a great mother's group but they all seemed quite happy in their little units mm. you know mm. um, breastfeeding and Babies sleeping and all that stuff apparently that goes on when you have a new baby. Do you think that was really going on for people in the um, group or was everyone? I've since found, I've since found out uh, there was a couple of girls who were having real difficulty and I, I didn't find that out for years afterwards. Really? Which made me think if I had put my hand up and said, Yeah. God, is anyone else having a really bad time? That maybe it would have shifted something, mm -hmm. but... Um, it's a I microcosm guess, of, of society, course. Isn't and you know, it? also they're new mums, and they're you know they're new new friends. Mm -hmm. We only yes. know them for twelve weeks, so I guess it's it's really hard to um, to be that vulnerable and open mm -hmm. when um, you're such new friends. I and you're all striving real, yeah. for that ideal experience yeah. and thinking it's coming, it's coming, it's, it's coming, going to happen. It's to going me. to happen. Yeah. Well, for some people it does, and, and that's marvelous that it does. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't happen for me, unfortunately. Yeah. I think mum's groups is it's a real sort of fertile ground. Oh, no. <laughs> fertile ground. You know, I mean, an opportunity, isn't it, for mm. there to have, you know, you start out having that organised by the maternal child health sure. nurse and the community yep. centre. So there is a real opportunity to have contact with professionals early to kind of encourage those conversations. There is. And I think, you know, I mean, it was only what, 13 years ago that I had a newborn baby, but I think a lot of things have changed. Yeah. I think it's slowly getting there, but there's, I mean, I mean, now the onslaught, I didn't have Facebook or Instagram mm. when I was a mum, mm. a young mum, and um, I don't know if that makes it better or does it make it worse? It I don't know. Ways, I think. Yeah, so Again, I think it's yeah. uh, really tricky. The only contact I had was my daughter's GP and my maternal health nurse, who was mm. an older lady, and um, didn't kind of... Okay. 
feel comfortable feel comfortable no and I think she, she was very concerned about Harriet at the beginning you know mm -hmm. she wasn't putting on weight and so she was very concentrated on the meet which was perfect because she came in for the first meeting and it was all action stations Harriet lost far too much weight I my scar was infected you know she spotted it straight away she was amazing mm -hmm. um, I had no milk so you know Harriet was on formula straight away mm -hmm. after five days of being home because she was so hungry mm -hmm. so it was it was really she was brilliant in that way but Mental health stuff, no, missed that completely. And you had a lot of uh, what we'd kind of call, I guess, red flags or, you know. Sure. In terms of, you know, the breastfeeding challenges. Sure, yeah. The, the birth kind of, I don't know if you taught trauma, but it was certainly no, not the you. No, I mean, I've spoken about the birth with, um, with a friend of mine and uh -huh. he was quite, quite happy to put a bit of uh, trauma and uh, mm -hmm. a lot okay. of upset around that, which maybe led on through the beginning of the um, yeah. of being a mum, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and then Harriet, she had um, a, a bad leg, and they thought it was cerebral palsy. That was at 18 months old, so they put a splint on her and said she would need this for nine years, and so that was a bit of that coming along as well. So you know, there was there was yeah, it was very strange. Mm -hmm. And considering all of that, the professionals around you not mm. kind of picking up on this stuff. Well, it was and interesting checking. when I actually, you know, very quickly proceed my la 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 la. Oh my god, that's awful! And then would move on, you know. And I, and I guess it, it was really hard. And then also with Gus, when I was pregnant with him, I had to have an ovary out when I was actually pregnant. When I was mm -hmm. 18 weeks pregnant, I had my scan of the second baby, mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, the baby was fine. But they discovered. Uh, potentially cancer in one of my ovaries uh, so when I was 18 weeks pregnant they removed it um, so I guess being in hospital and nurses going oh my goodness it's really tough you're still pregnant and they've done a major operation how wow. you're feeling and you know the baby was fine yeah. my new obstetrician was incredible Lionel was insanely supportive through mm -hmm. all through mm -hmm. my second pregnancy I chose such a great obstetrician um, which I think makes a massive difference mm -hmm. as well yeah um, so yeah, so lots of professionals, uh, you know, in the in the hospital, going, oh, you know, you've had a really hard time, and and that's, I guess, as a ha how deep they took it. You've had a really hard time, which was supportive at the time, but um, I didn't realise that I needed more mm -hmm. than just a. And no one know, still dived and in. No one and still went, didn't. Are you experiencing? No. How are you? Yes, no, nothing. I guess because I had a toddler, they kind of thought, well, she's through the she's through the hard period. thing, mm -hmm. you know. And I, and certainly, I kind of thought I was mm. to a certain degree. I thought, well, this is motherhood. It's bloody horrible. But also, I think what at all the, these different times, everyone's attributing what's going on to what's going on at the, the time. So it's. It's the True. scare with the cancer or it's sleep deprivation or it's your daughter yeah. not being unsettled or we can always attribute it to something else yes. and yeah. it's easier to do that rather than put it together and say, regardless of what the cause is, yes. I'm there still is, not there, coping. Yes, and there is an okay. issue here and um, I need some help. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what sort of, but again, you know, the question is what's, what does that help look like? Mm -hmm. um, and how and do I, I get it? Yeah, exactly. and I was thinking about that, you know, what would I have, how would I have asked for it? What would I have wanted? Yeah. And I guess it's just some continuing, continuing support through it mm. and not having to repeat my story all the time, mm. you know. It's exhausting it's, in itself. And it's boring, mm. you know, it's boring for me to have to keep churning up the same, yeah. oh, when she was three months, when she was seven months, oh, it's mm. tedious. 
And feeling like it's your responsibility. I can still even hear you sort of going, if only I'd asked it differently. Yes. Or You're still in a way accepting all the responsibility for the fact that you didn't reach out. And, I, really and, I, and that's the thing, you know, it's such a, a lonely, small world. Mm. It's just you and the baby. Yeah. And um, yes, even, you know, my poor husband who, um, you know, he's a tradie, he's very hands-on, very present, but he had no idea what mm. to do. Mm. I don't think he even, I don't know what, I mean, yeah, I don't know what. Mm. he thought he would do. It was could interesting, uh, yeah, it was only um, a few months ago I was over with Nia and, and uh, Nia's husband Michael was there and we were reflecting on this time in Nia's life and I was asking, you know, it was, he would refer to it when Nia had the postnatal and it was, it's like it was just a haze for him. Wasn't yes, it? That's how he I mean, to be fair, he was working incredibly hard, he, we, yes. he was setting up yeah. his own business, business yeah. so um, you know, he was doing 12, 14 hours away from home. Mm -hmm. And then he would come back and, you know, he would do what he could. But, um, and also I was very controlling. I thought clearly as the mother, I should know what to do. Yeah. And you know, the baby would only respond to me. And, you mm. know, and poor, poor Michael probably thought what's going on there, but you know, mm. his first child as well. He Who would know? Never. Yeah, because we have no reference point. We have no. There's no manual. Why yeah. is that? <laughs> really rude. <laughs> and you talked about your upbringing as well. You, yes. You know, and that impacts as well. And if of course, you know, all my, my both my sisters were overseas. Mum and dad were overseas. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. It, really tricky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I come from a family where it's okay to talk about my feelings? Yes, I remember actually getting very annoyed. My mum rang me one morning. She goes, well, what's wrong with her? And I just said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if I knew that. <laughs> You'd fix it. I'd fix it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, bless yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So you've done a lot of reflecting. A lot of reflecting. Yeah. And, you know, constantly I kind of think as well, I think about my daughter being 13 and my son is 10 now. Wow. And, um, you know, I'm still reduced to tears. Mm -hmm. When you think back about when I think back about what you've been through and how dark hideous it, mm. it was. Mm. Um, and I'm still on medication and um, I actually did try and come off it probably about five years ago. And I could feel that familiar feeling just descending on me. And I thought then, oh my goodness, is this how I felt all the time mm. before I started taking medication? It was as I quickly yeah. took one and there we go. I, I'm happy to stay on it forever if yeah. it means I can be the person I am now yeah. uh, and able to function and mm -hmm. uh, you know, be a great mum. your gorgeous self. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. And you know, I have a life mm. and I enjoy it yeah. as opposed to just dragging myself around with children, mm. you know, which was uh, awesome. So, Neil, um, based on your experience, obviously, what would be the key pieces of advice that you would give to <sighs> a mum these days? Key pieces of advice, I do. Um, I work in retail now. Whenever I see a mum with a baby, mm. I don't pay any attention to the baby. I just go, how are you? Oh. Are you okay? Yeah. Mm. You're dressed. You're amazing. Yeah. Um, you know what, I, and I really do think, I wish someone had said, trust your instincts. Trust your instincts as a mother and as a woman. Mm -hmm. And my life before I had children was amazing. And then I had children and it was really awful. 
Mm. And there's a reason for that. So if you're not coping, it's because the situation's really bad. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I, I trust your instinct. It's mm-hmm. something that is not talked about a lot. Um, and also asking people's advice. Everyone has a different piece of advice to give you. That's really confusing. You know, it would be nice if you... If you even amongst the health professionals. Even amongst, you know, breastfeeding in hospital, yeah. eight different types of ways of holding your baby to whatever. Um, I guess find a source of support that, that you know is going to be constant in your life mm-hmm. and your baby's life and just stick to that one person that you trust. Mm-hmm. It's really important just to have... You mentioned having the continuity with the yes, obstetrician the second definitely. time Yes, he was amazing. Yeah. I actually had a miscarriage as well in between with, um, and I had a second <sighs> with my lovely obstetrician Lionel and he was amazing through it all he was Mm. clear concise very professional incredibly empathetic of what Mm. i'd gone through with my caesar when i actually voiced some fears about that he was so kind Mm -hmm. um so yes someone you can really trust exactly trust is was looking back was the reason that i was able to have such a great birth Mm -hmm. i think Mm because he knew exactly Mm -hmm. what was going on and was was very kind Mm. and and is the stigma as entrenched as we think, you know, our mm. expectations of ourselves as being perfect. Yes. You know, when you finally got there and felt comfortable to actually let it out, mm. did you discover that maybe, maybe people don't hold such fixed expectations of mothers that you thought? Interesting question. I think a lot of my emotion was my internal mm. stuff, um, but certainly not having anyone to talk it through with or anyone that could catch me out on things that I was actually lying to myself mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. That sort of level of support and care, I think would have made me realize actually, you know, maybe everyone's not having such an amazing time. Maybe, maybe there are people out there having a similar time mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see many of them and not many people put their hands up to. Yeah. And I guess now social media, you know, you've got people being very honest and frank mm. on social media. Mm. Um, Carrie Bickmore put a, a mm. great post up. She, uh, it's a picture of her, you know, not filtered, not, Yeah. it was amazing. You know, being honest, yeah. um, which I think is really. We need more honesty. We need yeah. more honesty. And we need to be Say it how it is. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've got a really little one and I've, you know, so I'm early in the journey and I've had some, some, you know, challenges myself and yeah, I have not been honest Mm. all the time because you're constantly preserving your own sort of sense of self as well, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Grieving the person that you were before. Yeah, you were, exactly. You know, older mum, you know, I had a great job before and and now when you have a baby, you change completely physically, Mm. mentally. Mm. Your whole day routine changes. Yeah. Um, Identity. Everything changes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Thinking about that kind of identity, you know, it's like we have the, it's like, you know, the, it's the AD and before birth and after birth, you yep. know, it's like our life is divided by that. Yes. Um, you talked about having this great life before. Mm. Um, then you had your babies yes. and, and everything changed. Yep. Now, being a, a, finding yourself again. Yes. And also being a mum. Yes. 
what's your kind of new normal in that in that way in terms of who you are now it is something that I'm still really conscious of yeah and I think it is because I don't really remember much of Harriet growing up you know before her sort of fourth or fifth birthday it was Mm -hmm. very it's very shady um so I'm constantly trying to build relationship with her and with with my son yeah um yeah, and I guess it's, but now I have so much energy and so much more positivity in my life mm. that it's all coming naturally. Mm-hmm. So it's oh. not an effort to think, all right, today I've got to go out, get mm-hmm. the pram ready, get the kid ready, yeah. make sure she doesn't cry too much. Make sure, you know, all this sort of almost keeping the lids on the saucepans. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, I kind of think they're older, they're more capable, but still, you know, you're still a parent and mm-hmm. they make quite good fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Many sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're building your own life again. Exactly. Creating yes. your new. Yes, I'm back to work now because I want to go back to work yeah, and I'm right. ready. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to be told, you know, that'll sort your mental health problems out. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing something new or is it what you uh, used to do? So I'm a florist, you... so it's what I used to do wow. before and yeah. now, yes. Beautiful. Well, that's oh. been amazing. Thank you so much, Nia, for sharing your experience with us today on The oh. Mum Drum. It's been, I'm sure, so insightful yeah. for so many mums and dads and health professionals as well, I hope, to really More than understand what we can all do. Yeah, to... well, it's a, it's a very tricky subject to talk about for me, yes. um, but it's lovely to have you just listening to me. <laughs> Nia, thank, thank you. you so much. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Mum Drum Podcast. Watch or listen at mumdrum.org.au.